Hello, this is Reverend Raymond Kaufman, pastor of the Log Cabin Community Church in Vinings, Georgia. Welcome to our podcast. I read this week an old folk tale. You may have heard it before. It's an old Persian story called Aladdin. Aladdin is a beautiful tale that was recorded in a book called A Thousand One Nights, and it also became a Disney animated movie back in 1992. But it is a folk tale, and the folk tale goes like this. Aladdin was the son of a poor tailor. They didn't have a lot, but they had a lot of love in their family. A wicked magician shows up when Aladdin's father sadly passes away, who claims to be his uncle. He persuades Aladdin to go on a venture, and this venture was to take him into a cave and search for a hidden lamp. Suspicious of his so-called uncle's intentions, Aladdin wises up and he refuses to give him this beautiful lamp. The mean uncle seals up the cave and leaves him to die. Well, Aladdin discovers that this lamp contains a magic genie. He's able to utilize the magic from the genie to extract himself from this cave. He becomes very wealthy and even marries the sultan's daughter. And then he lives, as you could imagine, as many tales go, happily ever after. Why is this tale so popular, this very old folk tale? Well, first of all, I think we all like to see the underdog come out on top. And Aladdin, his life comes out pretty well. Secondly, I think we all like to daydream of what it would be like of having our own magic genie. Could you imagine any of your wishes could be met? But sadly, we will never have a magic genie in our lives. It's just a folktale, right? And if we really want something, I think we all have discovered we really have to work for it. When Jesus met with his disciples, right after he chose his disciples and he was starting his ministry, He gave a sermon on the Mount of Olives, and he mentioned four things that were very important, four contrasts that he gave. When we look at this period of time, you know, the people who came to the temple who got a lot of uh, preferential treatment were those who were affluent, those who had prestige and a lot of money. But Jesus wasn't speaking to these very wealthy people. He was not in the temple. He was outside in the outdoors. And he was speaking to common people. And Jesus said, you know, I know that you all have a hunger in your hearts. Our natural thought would be that someone who is blessed and very wealthy and rich and affluent, they would be the ones who would inherit the kingdom of God. But Jesus's message contrasts that very idea. He said, blessed are the happy and the full and the contented for they are the ones who will be comforted. And Jesus points the crowd in a completely different direction. Let me talk about the four contrasts we have today, which really take us more into the deeper values of our own personal spirituality. First of all, Jesus said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of heaven. When we all realize in our lives that we are poor, not financially poor, but we all have spiritual poverty in our lives, that we can hold the full grace of God. What do we mean by spiritual poverty? 
Spiritual poverty or spiritual blindness is when we don't realize the power and the value we have of children of God, that we are now uh, sufficient with the Holy Spirit empowering us with power and with grace and a new life in Christ, and that because of his forgiveness, we will inherit the kingdom of God. The poor in spirit are those who recognize their need for God. So there was a period of time, perhaps, when you were in spiritual blindness, spiritual poverty. And we that are in poor in spirit, we recognize that we all truly need God. So the first message Jesus was conveying was, blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of heaven. His second point when he was preaching was, blessed are you that are hungry now, for you will be satisfied. You know, there's a hunger in all of us. We hunger physically for food, but Jesus was going a little deeper. He was talking about our spiritual and emotional needs for love and acceptance and a spiritual need to find our meaning and purpose in our lives. When we place our faith and trust in God, we then are finding the love and acceptance that we all are searching for in our lives that we're all hungry for. St. Augustine, a very famous philosopher, said this quote, God has placed a God-shaped vacuum in every heart that can only be filled by God. All of us have this need and hunger to know God, but only God can fill that emptiness that resides. The third contrast that Jesus spoke about when he spoke outdoors of this beautiful sermon, he said, blessed are you that weep now, for one day you shall laugh. You know, people grieve a lot of losses in their lives. We often think about grieving a loss of losing someone to death. But there's many losses that people have. People have a loss of health that they struggle with. People have to deal with perhaps a, a loss of finances, maybe a loss of your dreams and your hopes of something that you wanted to accomplish, but it never came about. We grieve many things, but Jesus said, blessed are you that weep now, for one day you shall laugh. That's the beautiful message of life with Christ in that there's hope in the tomorrow. Yet Jesus promises an end to the misery and promises laughter ahead when we place our trust in him. The fourth contrast that Jesus spoke about is when he said, blessed are you when folks hate you. Have you ever been in a situation where you were misunderstood and maybe someone took that out against you and there was a terrible misunderstanding? As God's children, we must be willing to give in a taking world. Have you, have you discovered that too, that many people that we come across in life's way don't want to give, they just want to take. But we have to be willing to go the extra mile and give in a world where people are often only taking. We have to be willing to love in a hating world. It's very easy to hate and to get involved in disagreements with people that don't think the same way we do. But as Christians, we're called to love in a hating world. We're also called to help in an abusing world. How can we, as children of God, help other people What is your meaning and purpose in life? How can you help to eliminate suffering in our world and to bring about peace? 
we also have to be willing to give up our own personal rights and our plans sometimes and put those off to the side to help other people. How can you give of yourself to make the world a better place? You and I can take courage as we experience the trials of this life, knowing that one day it does come to an end. Jesus spoke of four contrasts, poverty versus riches, hunger versus fullness, sorrow versus laughter, defamation versus commendation. How can we as Christians use these gifts that God gives us to create happiness, peace in our world? The multitude followed Jesus on that day to the Mount of Olives because they recognized they had needs. And they wanted to hear what this man said. They were spiritually poor. There was some emptiness in their lives. They felt helpless, but Jesus gave them hope. And Jesus gives us hope today. I don't know what's going on in your life right now. What is going on in your heart and your mind? But I want to remind you that Jesus came to give us new life. He came to give us happiness, joy, and peace. I can't give you a magic genie today that's going to make you happy and give you all your wishes. But what we have to realize in our life in Christ, when we follow Him and place our trust in Him, our lives will be happy, joyful, and peaceful. Thank you for listening today. God bless you.